Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Dork Web Podcast. I'm Jonathan Locchiato, and I'm joined by my venerable co-host, Evan Rakowski. Kept you waiting, huh? That's right. So, this episode's going to be a little bit shorter, Evan, right? Correct. Uh, we're going to talk about one thing, one thing in particular, and that's the recent premiere of the show Doom Patrol on the DC streaming app. We're experimenting with our formula a bit. Sometimes when we talk to people, they're like, oh, I want to skip ahead to the comic stuff, I don't really care for video games, so... For now, we're going to try and chop it up into different bits. Hopefully, it'll keep you guys engaged, uh, but it'll be a little bit easier on us so that we can get out smaller episodes to you guys faster. Uh, But without further ado, let's talk a little bit about Doom Patrol. So, I'm not going to lie, going into this, I did not have high expectations based on what Titan showed us. Correct. As you know about me and Titans, um, Titans set the bar very low. So low, in fact, that... I didn't think anything could be worse than it. Yeah, Doom Patrol, I mean, we have two episodes as of this recording. Uh, It seemed to hurtle over over those expectations. Absolutely. Uh, I guess the only thing I can say about Doom, well, I can say a couple things about Doom Patrol, is that I'm excited to see where it goes, and I genuinely enjoy the show. I mean, I love Brendan Fraser, and despite how rough he looks currently, you know, it's it's just good to see him. A, A familiar face, a familiar voice. And he's, you know, he's an experienced and talented actor, so it's good to see that. Plus, the supporting cast is pretty good, too. Yeah, so let's um, let's break down a couple of things that make Doom Patrol work a little bit better than Titans did. I think the first thing that you mentioned is uh, the, the cast. Correct. As opposed to Titans, which kind of got like a bunch of fresh actors... Um, it's, a, it's a very generous it'd be, it'd be description. Generous. I mean, I I hate to, like, you know target the actor themselves i like to target more of like the writing and the directing like in star wars uh you know the the unnamed m- movie that i, I don't uh, want to yes, talk we, about yes yeah. yeah you know i like the actors i like the guy who plays finn i like all of them but it's just, it was just a bad movie and i'm just gonna leave it at that um but with doom patrol it's like they got a bunch of they spent it's, as opposed to spending the budget on i guess effects quote unquote as you can say with titans um, they spent Just a lot all of the different yeah, like random gore effects that were unneeded, but yeah. um, it, it seems they spent the bulk of the budget for this series on the actors because they have a bunch of big dame actors in this series, and I believe you can elaborate more on that, JLo. Yeah, so um, I guess the, the the first one, the biggest one, it took me a while to place, but um, in this show, the chief, or uh, also known as Niles Calder, he's kind of like the father figure the half father half mad scientist keeping them all together and alive uh he is played by none other than a james bond of the 80s timothy dalton mr timothy dalton who i only recognized him as the guy from hot fuzz yes uh the voice the voice eventually uh like rung true when i was like listening to it but um that that just classic skinner yeah skinner from hot fuzz but that like deep british voice I was like, wait a minute, I've definitely heard this before. Oh my... It's an older Timothy Dalton. Oh my god, it's Timothy Dalton. What's he doing here? But he adds definitely, like, an element of, like, classical... Yeah, yeah, classical professionalism and the way that he delivers, um, you know, with all of his interactions with the other characters. Brendan Fraser, I was not moved by him in his appearance in Titans, but he definitely seems to have stepped up uh, the bar a little bit. Um, I feel like we should uh, note that their portrayal and kind of like iteration in Titans 
is a lot different from the final product in Doom Patrol. It is. In fact, you should forget everything you've seen in Titans. In fact, forget the entire show because it was not good. I know people out there say it was a good show and they want to see more, but I can honestly say those people are wrong. Not an opinion. It's fact. Those people are wrong and... You know what? I'm, I'm going to let you continue. You're out of Taylor. steam. I'm, I'm out of steam. Yeah. Well, we, we can point out some of the differences um, between what was established in Titans for the Doom Patrol and kind of what they're rolling with now. There's a couple of things, nothing super duper huge, but um, a couple of things that actually work in their favor in their own standalone show um, as opposed to how they were featured before. But outside of Timothy Dalton and Brendan Fraser, um, I actually can look up the actress, but the actress who played, uh, who plays Rita, uh, I know that you really liked the way that she depicted the character. Correct. I, um, I kind of like her, like, Silver Age, kind of like old-timey, black-and-white movie approach to her lines. Uh, in the show, Rita Farr, and I guess in kind of DC lore, she is an actress, and I guess depending on, you know, your source material, it could be of different errors. But this one is uh, one of the silver screen. Yeah, the actress is uh, April Balby, with a B-O-W-L-B-Y. Um, but yeah, she essentially plays like the rich, almost like Marilyn Monroe-esque, uh, you know, like sunglasses on, like scarf over top of head. I am an actress. In a convertible. Yeah. Um, Except she doesn't go in public because she turns into a flesh puddle. Yeah, she turns into the blob that ate everybody. Um, but, but the way that she depicts that character, she doesn't break. So she's, she isn't floating in and out of somebody who's using, um, you know, like the colloquialisms that we would use today in 2019, like some of the other characters do. She's always got this air of elegance about her. Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome. And then the, the final cast member who, to make up the team is, uh, Matt Bomber. We also can't forget about Crazy Jane, but we'll continue. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Uh, Matt Bomber, and he plays Mr. Negative, who's kind of like the mummy-looking guy. His story and backstory is very intense. And... He's Hell Jordan. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a gay Hell Jordan. He's basically... Well, bisexual Hell Jordan. Yeah, bisexual Hell Jordan. But um, there's some other stuff going on there, too. He's kind of like sharing this body that he has with uh, like a celestial entity, some kind of like space gas. Or... Yeah, almost kind of like the Phoenix Force, but not as like evil. Yeah, not as intense as the Phoenix Force. Yeah. Um, but then, yes, uh, there is Crazy Jane. Very interesting character. And although sometimes it can be a little weird, depending on which, um... So Crazy Jane's an interesting character because her whole thing is that she has 64 split personalities, and each of them with a unique power. It's almost kind of like that movie Split, but actual powers instead of just crazy, like, strength. And the actress that plays Jane is Diane Guerrero. Uh, and she's able to switch from, like, this very mousy, uh, quiet, almost like afraid of her own shadow type of personality to another personality she has called Hammerhead that's just, like, ripped jeans wearing, in your face, grabbing your robo dick. Swearing. And just, yeah, swearing at you and, like, spitting. Antagonizing police officers. Yeah, yeah, calling police officers pigs and stuff. Uh, so, like good good on her to just like switch like right on the dime yeah. and you know not leave i guess kind of like that awkwardness in between uh you know dynamically changing how you're delivering your lines yeah um we well, can 
We should also talk about the narrator and villain of the show. I was going to say we can't forget about the narrator and God, villain. He's such a he's a great actor and he does such a, such a great job in this in this uh, in this series. Yeah. So uh, fans of Firefly may know uh, Alan. Is it Tudick or Tudick? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know, and I never good knew old he Alan a... T. Yeah. Uh, but he was the pilot in Firefly. He's done limitless amounts of voice work throughout his career. You could say he's like a leaf on the wind. Yeah, he was even in Rogue One. Um, was he? Yeah, and Wreck-It Ralph, a whole bunch of crap. Uh, Big, Big Hero, Hero 6. 6. I'm just looking at his uh, page too. right now. Yeah, He was in a lot. But he has a fantastic voice, and he is the uh, both the narrator and the villain and antagonist of the show. Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Not to be confused with anyone from uh, Kingdom Hearts. Correct, yeah, no. No, no zemnis nobody X. although there is i mean it's not a direct kingdom hearts reference but there is like a keyhole in the throat of a donkey that's true a literal like kingdom hearts type keyhole it's basically a reference a door to darkness if you would um but but this whole cast uh kind of going back to the cast oh yeah and there's cyborg who only appears in episode well, well he's in episode yeah. two i don't know if we've seen enough of him yet i was actually really skeptical based on kind of like what they showed off for his character design because he just kind of looked like he got stuck in the like in the eighties. Yeah. But he seems like he's shaping up pretty well. Um, yeah, I think he doesn't have an obnoxious personality. No, I, I think that he's gonna. He, he's like flexing his, I guess, his command when he yeah. first shows up. So he'll probably. He might be the team leader. I think he's gonna evolve into the team leader, but um, but he yeah he doesn't have like the jock. Like, oh, robot man, what, you can't jump? Because you're a robot. Booyah. Booyah. Yeah, there's none of that. But um, but I I, I mean, I think he's going to shape up pretty well. Yeah. Hopefully the the costume design changes once he assumes a little more responsibility. Maybe get some upgrades. Maybe get some upgrades, some cool stuff like that. They also referenced Grid, which is important for Cyborg's story. It is, but specifically talking about the cast. Yes. Um, these guys all deliver really really well the writing so far has been pretty good but i don't think i don't think the show would would have such positive resonance with uh with me at least if these these actors weren't able to you know maybe take a couple of lines and improvise with them or you know really kind of like inject a little bit more of their character into what's written for them because i feel like there were a lot of times in titans where there would just be like lines that fell flat and you're just like what I mean, I feel like everything in Titans fell flat. I know. I know how you feel about it. I, it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't good. I feel very much the same way. But let's switch gears a little bit. Um, there were a couple of things that was in Titans. Uh, there was a whole episode, episode four, that was Doom Patrol. Yes. And some of the things in that episode have completely changed or been retconned or do not matter at all anymore. Uh, so we can point those out, and you won't have to get confused like we did. Or even watch that episode of Titans. Yeah, or when you're watching Doom Patrol, you won't have to, like, scurry over to the computer and try and figure out a timeline. So, first and foremost, uh, in the standalone show Doom Patrol, the chief slash, uh, Dr. Niles Calder is played by the fabulous Timothy Dalton. In Teen Titans, or, sorry, Titans... He is played by uh, Bruno Bichere, uh, and they are very, very distinctly different, unmistakably different. Um, Bruno personalities Bich- and characters. Personalities, character, accent, whole, 
the whole character portrayal is completely different. Including the wheelchair. Including the wheelchair. But uh, Bruno Bichere puts on more of a kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like the menace and kind of the dangers and scares of science and advancement. And like, ooh, you got to stay in this house because like people won't accept you and I can keep you safe. It's kind of more like a Dr. Frankenstein in this one. Just kind of like evil and... Well, maybe not evil, but he's definitely... He's kind of an asshole in this one, really. In Titans, Mani- Yeah, manip- manipulative. Previously. Yes, previously. Yeah. However, uh, Timothy Dalton gives him a little bit more of like that... A fatherly. Yeah, like a fatherly um, kind of like, you know, dad or grandpa. Genuinely caring. Yeah, who like actually cares about, uh, for back of or for lack of a better term, fixing these characters and getting them ready to kind of like take back their lives yes um timeline wise we know that uh in titans beast boy um was there like at the the doom manor uh in 2018 and elastigirl was there um negative man was there negative man was there robot man was there crazy jane wasn't there crazy jane was not there uh even though she said that she showed up in the 70s and that's when she met uh the doctor and that everybody you know supposedly should have known her uh also uh beast boy is not mentioned at all in doom patrol i don't know if they're going to come back to it but there's a scene uh, in the first episode where it shows kind of like a time lapse of uh like mr robot or sorry not mr, mr. Robot. robot yeah uh robot man robot man uh building and doing like a hobby and all these, you know, it shows like Elastigirl and Mr. Negative kind of like coming and going as the hobby shop grows. But Beast Boy isn't there at all. Uh, so it's presumed that kind of like the first contact that he has is just within these people in the house. Um, personality wise, Mr. Negative, uh, Niles Calder and uh, Robot Man all have pretty distinct personality shifts uh, in Titans. Mr. Robot Man is just... Or Mr. Robot Man. Mr. Robot Man. Uh, Robot Man Please, is... Mr. Robot Man is his father. Yeah. Please, call me just Robot Man. But he is very robotic, very... Um, I mean, it was probably just Brendan Fraser figuring out the best way to deliver the lines, but he definitely feels like very slow and steady in his delivering yeah. uh, and kind of the way he portrays him. And he becomes more of kind of like the spunky Brendan Fraser from the mummy by the time that you see him in doom patrol. But also like kind of burdened with the fact that he's a brain and a robot. Yes. Yeah. But, but he has more, he almost has more life to him when Brendan Fraser is being, yeah. When he's being a robot man in doom patrol than when he was being robot man in Titans. Um, and then Mr. Negative, he probably has the most profound character shift because he is like super cocky and like happy go lucky and like overtly almost like overtly friendly overtly like friendly and like maybe not macho but like definitely he's more outgoing we'll say he's yeah. more of an extrovert yeah definitely he's he fits the bill more of like a like a ace pilot or like a you know top jock type yeah. of deal in Titans however in Doom Patrol he is mild mannered tending to his plants somewhat withdrawn withdrawn um cautious to leave the house cautious 
to interact with people that he hasn't met before, almost like he's afraid of himself. And that's all fine, um, but I just I just don't know why they painted him two different ways. I, I like the way that he is in Doom Patrol. It makes more sense for his character. So I guess it just you know leads me to question why, as a broad stroke, uh, some of these characters were so different when they were in Titans. Well, that's because the most obvious answer is that Titans was a bad show. Yeah, I, I tried to look into it. It doesn't look like they share uh, too many of the same writers. So I think there's like one or two. Um, but maybe that was maybe that was it. A combination of, you know, two fresh talent and uh, maybe some written dialogue that didn't flow off the sheet as well as people thought. Well, I think fresh talent would be... I guess, going back to what you said earlier, an overstatement. Yeah, oddly enough, hating to dread on Titans, but oddly enough, it is still on IMDb, rated above an 8. Well, as I said, those people are wrong. <laughs> that's not a, that's not an opinion, that's fact. That's fact. So let's talk about the things that worked, uh, the things that made this a, a cut above uh, what DC normally produces live action. Um, I think probably the, the first really cool thing is... Uh, there's a lot of times where they break the fourth wall, uh, and the antagonist does this, uh, Mr. Nobody, uh, as he's narrating, but uh, I know that I think you have the quote from the start of the second episode. Yeah, uh, in a brief paraphrase, uh, when the second episode starts, he references something along the lines of, um, let's see, for those watching, uh, you're probably like either like A, Grant Morrison fans... Um, you know, B, uh, Reddit trolls with uh, DC uh, subscri- subscriptions and um, the three people who like the show because the donkey fart. Yeah. So there's, like, stuff like that. Um, there's, like, a scene where, like, somebody's injured uh, and he's just like, oh, like, you know, the character's doing everything that they can not to shit themselves and die. <laughs> and uh, That was pretty funny. Yeah, just, just stuff like that. Um, it adds definitely, like, a much needed element i think of humor and cheekiness to that's the DC. lacking in a lot of dc yeah. content oh yeah dc they love to be serious and for the most part they they excel at being serious but there are just there, there needs to be a little bit of joy in yeah, something like comic books i almost feel like the batman arkham series was kind of like the start of like dc realizing like, oh people love the seriousness like we have to go full-on seriousness and forget all the campiness I know, I know, and people do like it, but uh, I think, you know, this This has shown that a little bit of humor makes everything, uh, makes everything that's serious hit a little bit harder. Yeah, it greases the wheels. Absolutely. Um, on that same subject, uh, the narrator himself, uh, there's a very clever technique being used. The narrator is, of course, the antagonist, Mr. Nobody, but at the same time, he's an unreliable narrator. So uh, everything that's coming from him is coming from him kind of in the first person and from his perspective. And that's a really cool technique to use in a TV show like this because it's not putting us directly in point of view or from the perspective of the team, but instead the person who's opposed to them. And I think that as long as, you know, the writers can keep up with this mentality... They can really work in some cool twists and they can keep poking fun at the fourth wall and breaking it um, without, you know, like making it too cheeky or uh, I guess kind of like killing the vibe and 
you know, the whole superhero, um, I don't even know, Musk. Yeah, maybe providing a bit too much narrative dissonance. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes that element out of having, like, Anthony Hopkins just, like, calmly narrate events <laughs> and gives it a little bit more of, like, an edge. Like, you, you get a joke every once in a while. Yeah. But then you also get, like, you know, a maniac telling you his plans and, like, laughing and stuff like that. It kind of has that uh, Deadpool charm to it. Yeah, I can definitely see uh, how that might have influenced how this was made. Um, Justice League. Justice League is confirmed a thing. Yeah. um, Again, some good things that work in this episode are a bit of a couple world-building Easter eggs they throw into the dialogue. And that is the confirmation that the Justice League is a thing and has been a thing yeah it's i think um like Vic's walking with his dad and they're talking and she's like oh yeah you know with the training regiment we have and the work that we're doing in detroit uh you know we'll soon clean up the city and yeah within uh, five years within we'll, five years or so be accepted yeah. into the justice league yeah, yeah. It, his father's like ultimate plan is to have Vic join the justice league almost kind of like you know a parent would be grooming their kid to join like an ivy league school or something um, and there was also a nice Easter egg for you Cyborg fans, and that is the uh, reference to Grid, his kind of onboard AI that in some universes takes on a, a being of its own, like an Injustice too. Yeah, I remember in Injustice 2, it was like a boss fight, um, but like, what is he basically, just like some kind of... Yeah, it, it's kind of like uh, how Jarvis became uh, not Ultron, but the kind of crappier version in uh, Vision. The, yeah, yeah, the Vision in the Marvel movies. But think think of more as like an evil, like corrupted AI. Okay, gotcha. I think he was also a member of like the Villain Society of America with like Owlman and Ultraman and stuff. So maybe that could be something that happens at some point in uh, Doom Patrol. I feel like it would definitely fit the bill for Doom Patrol if they're gonna kind of have be like go- a. a- doppelganger yeah gross cyborg i I could i could see that happening that'd be pretty cool um and then cyborg's backstory of course yeah they kind of got rid of the whole kind of uh fourth world jack kirby mother box father box kind of thing and it's a more down-to-earth kind of younger formative cyborg although it is stated that he's been on the job for a couple years you know becoming cyborg and being cyborg but um you know, it's Sans Teen Titans, but also before he joins the Justice League. It's almost like this is kind of um, like would be filling the role of those years he'd be spending in the Justice League. A little bit of like solo freelance work. And then now yeah. he's kind of jumping around. with. Yeah, the actually, I would say. Um, or sorry, not the Justice like League, Teen, but Teen, Teen Titans. Titans. That's yeah, what I meant. Because yeah. it's strange that he was kind of absent from the Titan show, considering he's such a prominent member and his, like, big thing he seems to do, wants to do in the comics is form the Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Like, and, we were just yeah. looking it up for a little bit. Uh, Man, and, is like, obsessed with the Titans. Yeah, like, in any kind of, like, summary that you look at for Cyborg, it's just like, and, you know, in this run of the comic, uh, you know, he was der- he was a part of this team, but his real goal was to reform the original Titans. Because so he, he didn't like the current member of the Titans. Yeah, he didn't like this guy, so he called Beast Boy, and Beast Boy was like, nah, dude. I'm, I'm hanging with the Doom Patrol. doing my own thing. You need to get a hobby. <laughs> Besides for being a robot. But yeah. unfortunately for Cyborg, that's kind of his thing. But um, as far as, I guess, like his origin, uh, it looks like they're laying out something that's much more um, classic in how he's been um, shown off before with his origin. Yeah, it's interesting that they brought his mother into this because usually the whole Cyborg thing, it's like kind of like a father and son's backstory. His mother isn't really talked about that much. Yeah, and maybe, uh, you know, without going into the episode and 
kind of talking about potential spoilers and stuff like that. And uh, pointing at the burning corpse in the room. Yeah, pointing at the bo- uh, burning corpse in the room. <laughs> um, I think that maybe she could be a part and it could be some kind of a you know reinterpretation, yeah. just like he's on the Doom Patrol. Maybe it could just be you know something else uh, falling victim to this uh, unreliable narrator. True. Right. He could be kind of gaslighting them and rewriting their backstories. Right. Um, and you know, if it hasn't been made abundantly clear, uh, this antagonist is kind of like half, like block. He's basically like cubed up. He's, in this in the show, they describe him as a human Rubik's cube. Yeah, he's basically like cubed up and like basically imagine like a Jenga tower that you just randomly pull a bunch of pieces out of and it still stays upright and then those pieces are him so there's like parts of his left side and parts of his right side but he's not a complete per- it's like parts of him are kind of like phased out of reality if you were describing an artistic sense you could say he is abstracted he's very very abstract um but he has some kind of control over uh at least from what we've seen like at least a pocket dimension yeah he's he, i guess you could describe him as kind of almost kind of like a fourth dimensional being he's and like transcendent he is yeah. transcendent he is essentially what was that quote that they had him repeat over and over again in the first episode it's the like, mind is the limit the mind is the limit yeah and that's kind of i guess something his like whole that. thing because yeah. if he thinks it and wills it it happens yeah um so so very cool um i definitely like the way that they're they're shaping uh at least the skeleton of the show two episodes in i'm pretty excited about it i'm definitely prepared to see where it goes yeah it's like the complete opposite of titans where within the first episode two episodes we were filled with i guess existential dread and hatred and this show kind of fills us with you know higher expectations and dare say joy it's it sparks joy as uh i think marie honda says i agree it's something that i'll be looking forward to watching um and i I, we probably won't give updates as frequently as we did with titans but you can definitely expect um at least a couple more updates with doom patrol as we go through it and that's going to do it for this episode i thank everybody for listening and for those of you who have taken the time to leave us a rating or a comment i thank you and thank you again because it truly helps us out Uh, We'd love to hear from you, so if you want to get in touch with us and drop us a line or give us some advice, you can reach us at thedorkwebpodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, Evan, give him the plug. You can find us on Twitter at DorkWeb, on Instagram as The Dork Web Podcast, on Facebook as The Dork Web, on Twitch as Dork Web, and of course you can visit our official website at thedorkweb.net. 